You're listening to the weekly sermon of Huntersville Presbyterian Church. We're so glad that you're here and hope that through listening to God's word, you will come away refreshed and renewed for what life has to bring you this week. Here's this week's sermon. That's what I've missed over the last couple of weeks, you singing. I just my, you know, it's fun to be away, but I didn't get to hear you singing. So next time I go out of town, I'm just going to take recordings of you singing and I'll just play them over and over and over again. Can we do that? Yeah. Hey, how many of you when you were growing up had like a dream, you know, maybe it's a daydream, but you had this dream of what you're going to be when you grew up? Y'all, y'all do that? You know, kind of, and nobody? No, some of you haven't grown up yet, so I know you're still doing this. You'll be able to do it. So when I was a kid and I was growing up, I mean, I had a dream. I mean, I knew exactly what I was going to be when I was grew up. Uh, when I grew up, I was going to be six foot ten, maybe 11. Uh, Clemson was going to win its first ever ACC basketball championship, and I was going to go on to a stellar career in the NBA didn't work out exactly the way I kind of thought it would. Um, but I've learned to live with the disappointment. And, you know, that's the way it is with kind of those childhood dreams, those daydreams. I mean, they don't, often they don't turn out the way that we thought they would. And, and we learn to deal with the disappointment along the way. But, but then there are these dreams that we have of how life's supposed to be and, and what we hope that life is supposed to be that are a little harder to let go of. And, and when they don't turn out the way we thought, they're harder to get over that disappointment. I mean, maybe you had a dream that you were going to do great things. I mean, you were going to make a difference in the world. You're going to make a, maybe a name for yourself. You were going to accomplish things, but it just didn't turn out the way that you thought it would. Or, or maybe you had a dream for how your family was going to be, your marriage, your friendships, your, your relationship with your kids. You had, you had this dream of what that was going to look like. But, but your family now doesn't look anything like that. Uh, maybe your dream was just that life was going to be smooth and easy and just filled with joy, but, but most days it just feels like a struggle. And those dreams, they're, they're harder to let go of. It's harder to deal with the disappointment. But what happens over time is that we just stop dreaming. When, when, when dreams that, that we have for our lives, when it feels like they're just dead, and they're not going anywhere, a lot of times we just stop dreaming. And I see this happen all across the board, people who are older, young people, I mean, a lot of people, we, we just kind of say, you know, I've, I've been disappointed before, I'm not going to be disappointed again. And, and, and we just give up. And, and, and we stop dreaming, and it is, it's, a, it's a discouraging way to live. And, and, and some of you might be there right now. The dream that you had for your life, and it's so much deeper than just kind of a childhood daydream, the dream that you had for your life, it just feels like it's dead. I'm so glad you're here today because I got good news for you. I mean, this, this, is, this is good news. This is amazing news if you really stop and you think about it. Uh, this is the gospel story. This, this is the Jesus story. This is the very heart of everything. Our God, the God that we've been sitting here worshiping today, the God who's present with us right now because he promised when we gathered in his name that he'd be here, God we've been singing about and praying to, this God is in the business of taking things that are dead and making them alive again. That's the most amazing news in the entire universe, if you really stop and think about it. The God that we worship, 
is in the resurrection business, taking things that were dead and making them alive again. Our God's not in the business of just kind of improving our life a little bit along the way, making tweaks and adjustments and, you know, so things just go a little smoother than they did before. Our God's not in the business of kind of just, you know, adjusting life so it feels a little bit better today, tomorrow than it did yesterday. Our God's in the business of taking things that were dead and bringing them to life again. And what that means for you and what it means for me is that your dead dream can come to life again. That your dreams for your life, and even better, and more importantly, Jesus' dream for your life, if it feels dead right now, I mean, it can come to life again. So if you've been with us this year where we are, we started in January, January 1. We are working our way this year through the entire Bible. We are reading Genesis through Revelation. And uh, we've been in the Old Testament for the first half of the year. And uh, this is the last Sunday we're going to be in the Old Testament. Next Sunday, we're moving to the New Testament. Next Sunday, uh, is uh, we're actually going to have Christmas in July. And we've got some really cool things planned for Christmas in July. You do not want to miss next Sunday. If you ever feel like singing Christmas carols in July, you'll want to be in church next Sunday. If you ever want to put up your Christmas tree in July, You'll want to be here next Sunday. It's, it's going, to, going to be amazing. So anyway, we're going to be doing that. But before we get there, we, we're going to look at one more Old Testament story, one more Old Testament prophet. We're going to look at the story of a guy named Ezekiel. And uh, you know, if you're here regularly, you know I love it when you follow along with me. So find a Bible or an iPad or an iPhone or whatever, a tablet, whatever you got. Um, find the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel, we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37. And uh, while you're finding it, let me kind of set the stage for, for what is going on. Uh, Ezekiel was really kind of a reluctant prophet. He wasn't sure he wanted to be a prophet, so he's a reluctant prophet. And he prophesies during a time, God calls him to be a prophet, during a season when the, the, the nation of Israel, the people of Judah specifically here, have been carried off into exile into Babylon. And, and so they're living, not in the promised land that God had promised uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, they're living in a foreign country, and they just imagine the dream's over. The dream's dead. And, and they've pretty much given up hope. And so God raises up Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, like all the other prophets, he brings words of warning and words of judgment but Ezekiel also brings a very strong word of hope for what God has in store for his people and, and for their dreams. And so you get to chapter 37, and, and what we find is that God takes this prophet, this reluctant prophet Ezekiel, he takes him into a valley that is filled with bones, just like Ali was singing about just now. A valley filled with dead, by dry bones. Probably the site of some ancient battle, and the soldiers who were killed there, they just left their bodies there, and so the bodies were just strewn across the valley floor, and eventually, over time, bodies do what bodies do, and all that's left now is this body filled with dead, dry bones. Can you picture that in your mind? Everybody got an image of that? I, I got a friend that I thought would help me with it a little bit. Um, that'll, that'll help you. It's my friend Zeke. Yeah, Ezekiel Zeke. 
Call him Little Zeke. Um, so you got this valley, and it's filled with nothing, just filled everywhere you walk. Just filled. Dead, dry bones. Scattered all, all, all across the valley floor. You just stay there for a minute, okay? God brings Ezekiel to this valley of dry bones, and God says, why don't you walk all over the valley? Check it out. So Ezekiel walks around the valley, just near nothing, trying to be careful not to step on them. They're just everywhere. And then God says to Ezekiel, ask him a question, verse 3. God says, son of man. God always liked to call Ezekiel, son of man. He says, son of man, can these bones live? Now, Ezekiel's a reluctant prophet, but he's not dumb. And, and he knows better than to, uh, to give an answer that he's not 100% sure about. And, and so God says, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says back to God, he says, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. I love that. That's a great answer. Yeah, you know better than I do, God. Now, the truth is, had Ezekiel been pressed, hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel would have said, of course not. I mean, what a silly idea. De dead bones don't come back to life again. When, when you're dead, you're dead. I mean, that was the prevailing thought in the ancient world. It's a thought in a lot of the world today. I mean, when you die, that's it. That's the end of the story. When, when you're dead, you're dead. There was actually an ancient tombstone epitaph. It became so popular that at one point it got translated both into uh, to Greek and into, um, and into Latin. And, and it went like this. It said, they put, the, they put this on their tombstone. It said, I was not, I was, I am not, I don't care. There's a cheerful thought for your day. All right, let's close in prayer. Um, no. I, you know, but that's what people believed. I was not, I was, I am not, I don't care. I mean, that's just the way it goes. When you're dead, you're dead. I mean, some people believed in a shadowy underworld kind of thing. They called it, in some mythology, called it Hades, and, um, you know, spirits might exist there in some sort of shadowy existence. But, but it was a one-way street to Hades. It wasn't a two-way thing. When you're, when you're dead, you're dead. I mean, that's just what happens. <laughs> can, can dry bones come? Hey, son of man, can dry bones come back to life? I mean, if he got pressed and Ezekiel would be really honest, he would have said, nah, of course, what a silly idea. No. Dead bones are just going to stay dead bones. And dead dreams, they're probably going to stay dead too. But Ezekiel knew better to assume anything with God. So Ezekiel says, oh, sovereign God, you know better than I do. You know better than I do. So God tells Ezekiel, verse 4, God says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You know, I read that and I'm thinking about, you know, and I'm getting up and ready to preach and kind of thinking through the message this morning. I'm thinking, how did that feel to be a preacher and you're sitting up here going, hey, dry bones, we actually put Ezekiel's older brother, Skelly's, he's sitting in the back corner over there. You can check him out when, if you hadn't noticed him already. He's, uh, he's sporting his latest 400sville gear. And... Um, the, uh, you know, I mean, I couldn't imagine as a preacher being told, hey, I've, I, it's time to preach a sermon. What you got is a room full of dry bones to talk to, just skeletons that, that are sitting out there, and they'd be sitting way in the back if they were here, and um, those are good Presbyterians. And, 
the, uh, but they, see, you know, I'd have been kind of like, really, God? I mean, to start prophesying, start preaching to the bones? But again, Ezekiel knows better than to assume anything with God. And so he does what he's told. And he starts to prophesy to this valley that's just filled with dead, dry bones. And if you got it open there, I won't read this part, but if you got it open, it says, says that, you know, as he starts preaching, as he's prophesying, there's a little rattling that takes place. Get up near my mic. And the bones start coming together. And then tendons start growing on them. And then they get covered with skin. But there's no life in them. And so God says, down, down in verse 9, God, God says, Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. And so Ezekiel prophesies as God commanded him. And breath entered them. And they came to life. And they stood up on their feet, this vast army. Uh, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about the, the Hebrew word for spirit, ruach, and, uh, and it literally means breath. It's the breath that gives us life. Everybody take a deep breath. That's your ruach. Uh, but it was also the word used to describe a rushing wind or a powerful storm or the Holy Spirit of God. And from the very first time it gets mentioned in Scripture, when we talked about the Ruach of God, we are talking about the kind of power that can bring dead, dry bones back to life again. And so God tells Ezekiel, verse 11, God says, son of man, son of man, everyone is saying our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and the dream's dead. And might as well just get over it. God says, but I want you to know, and I want you to tell them, I want you to tell all the people, that I'm going to open the graves, and I'm going to bring them back to life. And I will put my spirit in you, and you will live just like these bones. And then you will know that I am, the, I am God, and I have spoken and it is so, and all the bones in the valley said what? Amen. When you grew up in a Baptist church, you know you got to say amen at that kind of point. <laughs> and I have spoken, and it is so. Amen. Listen, let me get back to where I started. Somebody here today, maybe more than one somebody, but, but you know exactly what it's like to live with a dream that's dead. It feels like hope is gone. And all you've got left are just kind of dead, dry bones. And, and maybe you just come to accept it. And, and you're just kind of convinced, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. You, you need to know it doesn't have to be that way. Some of you know what, what it feels like when, when, when everything in life gets stripped away. All, all the things you thought would, would give your life meaning, all the things you thought that would support you, all the accomplishments, all the achievements, all, all the things you were kind of counting on, they all, all get stripped away, and all you're left with is just dead, kind of dry bones. 
Some of you know what it feels like when, you, you know, you, you just, you had this vision for what life was going to be, how work was going to be, what you were going to do, what you're going to accomplish, what your family would be like, what your friendships would be like, and it just didn't turn out the way you thought it would. Some of you know what it feels like to have your dreams just scattered on the floor of the valley like dead, dry bones. Some of you are there right now. Again, yeah, maybe, maybe it's a career dream. Maybe something going on at work. You thought you were going to do such great things. You had, you had a dream, and it was big. Golly, it was so big. It's awesome. It's just not turning out. Maybe you're facing some financial, some of you may have lost your job. Maybe you're facing, or you're just kind of facing financial pressure right now. It's the last thing you think about before you go to bed at night, first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning. It might be a relationship, maybe it's something to your marriage. Maybe you lost your marriage, maybe to death, or maybe divorce, or maybe you longed to be married, it just hadn't worked out. Or, or maybe you were in a relationship, but you got b- betrayed or you're just disappointed in some way, and it, and it hurts when, when that happens. Maybe somewhere along the line, you made some bad decisions, and you just kind of, and, and now you just sort of look at your life, and you find yourself going, how in the world did I get here? And I'll get really honest. I know. I know how I got here. I mean, I made some bad decisions, but how, how did I do that? I mean, how in the world did I get here? And, and it just feels like the, the, the dream is dead. You lost your health. You lost someone you love. I mean, it's just hard. And, and, and you're just living in this valley full of dead, dry bones. Without a lot of hope. And nobody, no, no, nobody plans up on, no, nobody plans on ending up in a valley like that. I mean, it just, you know, sometimes it's because of dumb things we do, choices we make. Sometimes things completely out of our control. Doesn't matter. I mean, we still find ourselves, almost all of us eventually find ourselves in these valleys of dead, dry bones. But, uh, but in the midst of the valley, we stop and, and, and we ask ourselves, well, can these bones live again? Do I believe that these bones can live again? And, and I just need to tell you what, I, what I've discovered in my own life. And and I've seen lived out in so many of yours that our God, who's not in the business of just making little adjustments and improvements along the way, who's in the business of taking things that are dead and bringing them back to life again, that our God does his very best work in valleys of dead, dry bones. Our God does his very best work in valleys of of dead, dry bones. And he understands where you are. He really understands right where you are in the valley. See, this is the gospel story. This is the Jesus story. This is a story we tell week after week. I love it when Mike was praying earlier. I mean, this is a story we tell week after week. I mean, this is the good news. Uh, If you were with us when we started back in January, remember we started in January, we were in a garden and God was with us and everything was perfect, as good as it could ever be. 
But the perfection didn't last. And what we've seen over these last six months as we've been making our way through the Old Testament is how time and time again, it's so easy for us to give in to temptation, to want to do things our way, not God's way. So easy for us to turn away from God. But what we've also seen over these last six months is how over and over again, every time we turn away, every time we disobey, every time we try to remove ourselves from God, that God comes after us. And he sends leaders like Moses and David, and he sends unlikely people like Gideon and Esther, and he raises up prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah and now Ezekiel. And God just keeps bringing us back to him again. I mean, that's the good news. That's the gospel. That's the Jesus story. But everything we've been looking at for the last six months, it's all been building toward what we're going to start looking at next week. When God sends himself in the person of his son, Jesus, to bring us back to him forever. And, and what we're going to see in the coming weeks as we begin to get deep, and it's all been the Jesus story, Ezekiel's story, it's the Jesus story, but as we get kind of right into the heart of the gospel, the heart of Jesus' story, uh, we're going to see over the next couple of weeks, and, and some of you know the story, but we're going to see again how it started out so well. And Jesus shows up, and he begins to teach, and he begins to perform miracles and, and heal people, and everyone just loves him, and they all come to him. And the, the people who were discouraged, and the people who were in debt, and the people who needed healing, and lepers, and, and, uh, and, and people who were dead, they, they, they come to him. And, and he embraces them, and he touches them, and he heals them. And, and he restores them, and they just love him. Oh, my gosh, we'll, we'll, we'll see over the next few weeks how they just loved him. And we'll see how the word about him, it just kept spreading because people were so excited about who Jesus was and, and what his presence meant and what the world could be, and maybe more importantly to them, what they could be because of who Jesus was. And the word just kept spreading. then it turned out that Jesus wouldn't be the kind of king they wanted. And again, some of you know the story, so they turn on him. And, and he gets betrayed, and they, they give him up to be arrested and convicted on some made-up charges. And they nailed him to a cross, and all the disobedience, all the guilt that we've been looking at over the last six months all the ways in which the people had disobeyed and turned from God and, and sought to do their things their way, all that guilt, it hung him there on the cross. But it wasn't just their guilt, it, it was mine and, and yours that hung him there too. Most unjust death in all of human history, the most perfect man who has ever lived, hanging on a cross. And he died. And so, y'all know the story, we celebrate it at Easter, but, but really we should celebrate every Sunday, because every Sunday is Easter Sunday. 
he died and they took his body and they, they put it where they thought they'd never see it again because it's just going to do what bodies do after they die. It's just going to turn into what? Dead, dry bones. But they'd forgotten. They, they forgot what God had promised through Ezekiel. I'm going to open the graves and the dead will live again. They forgot what Jesus himself had promised. Jesus had told them. He said, listen, guys, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me is going to live, even though they die. And whoever lives believing in me, they're never going to die. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Believe in me, and you will live. And so will your dreams. Believe in me, and you will live. And, and on the third day, that was Easter, and um, we, we're going to do Christmas in July. We're going to do Easter in September. It's going to be awesome. Great, great Sunday. On the third day, it's the first sign of the power, the Holy Spirit power, that can bring dead, dry bones back to life again, tombs empty, and Jesus rises again. This is the good news. This is the gospel story. This is the Jesus story. And what it means for you and for me is that our God, he does his best work in valleys of dead, dry bones. And if that's where you are today, then, then I want you to know that there is power. There is Holy Spirit power that is available right here, right now, to take your dreams, and more importantly, God's dreams for your life. And even if they feel like dead, dry bones, there is power to bring them back to life again. Because our God, he does his best work in valleys of dead, dry bones. So here's what I want to invite you to do, if, if you would. I want, I want to take just a moment and give you a little bit of time uh, for just you and God. Just you and God. So do this for me, if you would. If you just kind of uh, close your eyes, bow your heads, and, and as best you can, try to shut everybody else out of the room. It, it just shut everything, you know, just shut out everything else that is going on around you. And, and let this just be a moment. We get so busy in our lives. There's so much going on. So let's just take a moment, create just a little bit of space. This is just you and God. And, and maybe there's a dream in your life for your family, for your marriage, your kids, friendship career. There's a place where it's just not turning out the way you thought it would. It just feels like a dead, dry bone right now. Just go ahead and name it. God knows it already. But go ahead and just quietly in your heart, name it before him. And know this. Oh God, please know this. As you're sitting right now with him, God loves you so much more than you can begin to imagine. 
His love for you is so immense, deeper and wider and higher and stronger than than you can begin to comprehend. Let, Let that love just kind of settle over you right now. And know that when he looks at you, he sees sons and daughters wonderfully made in his image. He loves you far more than you can begin to imagine. Just let that love, let that love, let it just settle over you like a a blanket. Now ask his power, the Holy Spirit power, to come breathe fresh in you again. To come and and to bring life. To come and resurrect something that feels like it's dead. It's not beyond his power to resurrect. To come and heal and restore. Come and breathe life, his resurrection life, his Holy Spirit power into what maybe feels like tired, dry, dead bones. And know that as as we just sit here in the quiet of this place, in the presence of this room, Jesus, he's he's present here with us. If you're quiet enough, you can can hear him. And he's here with resurrection power, Holy Spirit power, to take whatever's dead in your life and to bring it back to life again. And all that he asks you to do is to trust him. To open up your heart. And to trust that his way, his way to live and to love, to manage everything, that, that his way is, is really is better than, than the ways we've been trying. To trust that what he did for us on that cross is more than enough to take away all the, the times we've been disobedient and all the times we've failed and, and our sin that, that held him there. To trust him enough to allow that Holy Spirit power to begin to make us new. To, to transform our lives take what was dead and make it alive again. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would be filling this room right now, but more importantly, that you'd be filling every heart in it with that resurrection power, with the breath of your Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, come breath of life from the 
north and the south and the east and the west. Come fill this room like a mighty rushing wind. Come fill our hearts with the sort of power that forgives us and cleanses us and then empowers us to live for you. Lord, take what was dead and bring it to life again. We pray all of that, Lord Jesus. We pray it in your holy name. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Huntersville Presbyterian Church. Here at HBC, we believe that life is better with Jesus because Jesus makes us better at life. If you're looking for a church to call home, we would love to share his life with you. To learn more about us, or if you'd like to give online, visit huntersvillepres.org.